Hi everyone, welcome. This is April Schoen, and I'm glad you guys could join us today. I'm sitting here with John Curry, the author of Preparing for a Secure Retirement. April, I'm glad to be here. I'm looking forward to our presentation today. I think there's some information that is going to help people get clarity and get some focus on how to improve their retirement, whatever it means to them. That's right. That's right. And I was thinking, I'm glad we've been doing, we've been doing a little series of webinars last few months on some different topics. So I know I'm enjoying the different, top, different topics we're doing and looking forward to the ones to come. Same here. One of the things that I've discovered about doing webinars and podcasts is if no one ever listened, it's beneficial to us because it's helping us get clarity and take case studies that we've used before to help other people. And for some people who are listening to this and about to watch what we're doing, I can hear them saying now, I will never retire. Mm -hmm. I'm one of those people. And I think retirement is a terrible word because most of us are going to retire and then do something else. Right. I like what my friend Ruth Pryor likes to say. She said, don't retire, refire. Oh, yeah, I like that. You know, find something that gets you excited and move on. But the reality is there are some things, some risks, some threats, some dangers that could impact our retirement. And today you're going to be covering that, and I'm going to jump in uh, where you allow me to. There you go. <laughs> oh, yeah, jump in wherever, wherever you'd like to. Yeah, so, John, as you mentioned, we're going to walk through today some risks that people may face in retirement and talk about some solutions on how to avoid those risks. And then we've also got uh, some questions that we're going to ask people just to kind of get them thinking about their own retirement and what does their dream retirement look like? What do, what do they want it to be? Because it's all, as we know, it's all very unique and individual. I think for the people that are participating today, you need to give them a little bit of your background because they don't know you the way I know you. Mm -hmm. So share with them your background, why you have a passion for this, because the time you've been with me, you're just you're just like blowing up with your knowledge. <laughs> Thank you for that. So yeah, so um, I joined John's team here at North Florida Financial about five and a half years ago. And I worked with a previous firm before that for about four years. So all in all in, in financial services about nine and a half years. And when I first started, um, it, it just the more information I learned, especially about retirement planning, the more I wanted to learn. I just, I found it very intriguing and interesting. And now, as you know, I tend to kind of geek out on this stuff. Uh, so I can, I find it very interesting. And I love what we do, being able to sit down and help people and walk them through whether they're still in their working years and they're starting to think about what retirement's gonna look like for them, or working with someone who's about to, to step off into retirement just like we were doing this morning, yes. helping someone get clarity about when they'll retire, what it's going to look like, and what they're going to do this next this next phase. And you're good at it, and you enjoy it. And that's the key, uh, folks, is find somebody who loves what they're doing, work with someone who uh, has a passion for it. And I've been doing this for 45 years, a little bit longer than you. That's right, a little bit longer. <laughs> you're almost a decade. I've got a little over four decades. Yes. So I just thought it would be important to share that. Well, thank you. Well, good. Well, let's um, let's dive on in for the talk today. So, as we start planning and start thinking about retirement, there are some challenges that you need to be aware of. These are some challenges that can work against you in retirement. So, first, we're going to talk about the seven risks that you may face in retirement. They are longevity, inflation, savings rate, loss of spouse sequence of returns, tax drag or taxes, and rising healthcare costs. So the first one that we're going to talk about today is longevity. People are living longer than ever, and that's a good thing. It just requires some extra planning when it comes to retirement. Um, men today have a 50% chance of living to age 85, Women have a 50% chance of living to 88, and as a couple, you have a 50% chance that one of you will make it to age 92. Now, longevity, John, as you know, it really compounds all the other risks that we're going to talk about, because the longer you live, the more chance that you have that you're going to run out of money, and you have all these other pressures, these other economic pressures like taxes, inflation, interest rate risk that can they just get compounded with the longer that we're living. 
the way I like to explain that is if I am going to live just for one or two years in retirement, then I'm not worried about inflation or taxes. I'm right. My family might be worried about it, but it's not going to bother me. Right. If I have 20 or 30 years in retirement, now I have to be concerned about making sure that my money lives as long as I do. And I worry about inflation and taxation. But if I have a short life expectancy, eh, okay, it's uncomfortable. Somebody's got to pay the tax when I die. But if I have a long life expectancy, what I've done is now I've magnified the problems of taxation and inflation and market risk and low interest rates. The world we live in today, That's right. the volatility takes more of a, of a toll. Mm-hmm. You know, a couple weeks ago, John, you and I were at a meeting and they were talking about how insurance companies today are planning for a baby being born today, living to age 150, 150 years old. Correct. You know, for us, it's that can be a shocking number to hear. It's just hard to even fathom, <clears throat> to wrap your heads around that. Well, several years ago, the National Association of Insurance Commissioners required that every insurance company have at least one product designed to, to go to age 120. Right. Because life expectancy was improving so much. And now you have a, a new updated mortality table that is indicating that people are living long. Mm-hmm. So we, we have to accept the fact that that's an issue. Uh, in our planning, we tell people we're going to assume that you live to age 100. Right. In fact, people say, I'll never live that long. <laughs> well, you might. So you, we don't want you to run out of money on our watch. That's right. If you want to do something different, that's okay. But we will test it to make sure that at age 100 and beyond, but at least age 100, the, the income is there if mm-hmm. you still want it. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about some solutions around this risk of longevity. One of them is going to be very obvious. Diarily? <laughs> that would solve the problem. Is that where you're going? Uh, no, thank you. No, thank you. I'll, I'll just take my chances by living a long time. Yes. Uh, just so people know, I'm 66. I'll be 67 in December, okay. and I made it very clear that I'm gonna be like George Burns. I'm gonna work. I'll be 100 years old when I die. People are gonna be angry because I couldn't help them with their retirement plan or yeah. that speech or that training session. But okay. I, on, on a serious note, though, uh, I share the same birthday as Kirk Douglas. He's 102, suffered a stroke. But he's still productive. He's still writing books. He's doing things, mm-hmm. and we have to assume for planning purposes that we have a long life. But you're right; we could die too soon. We could. We could. Um, one of the kind of more obvious things too is to make sure that you have enough money saved for retirement, so that you don't run out of money, so that you can combat all these other risks that you're going to have. And that'll probably be a reoccurring theme as we go through some of these issues today. Um, but not just about how much you have saved, but really, John, it's about having an emphasis on making sure that you have increasing income in retirement. Correct. Uh, this might be a good time to talk about something that I love to, to teach. I taught a group of advisors last week down in Tampa. There are really three freedoms we want to talk about, folks. Time freedom, money freedom, and relationship freedom. Mm-hmm. You may have all the time in the world. So let's just suppose you retire 66 or 70, and you do have 20 or 30 years ahead of you yeah, because you have longevity. What are you going to do with that time? And I know we'll get into some of that later, but I just want to throw that out there. That those are three freedoms that we want to make sure that all of our clients have. Mm-hmm. And if you have streams of income to last you for the rest of your life, if that's one year or 100 years, now you're stronger. Repeat those freedoms one more time. Time freedom, mm-hmm. money freedom, and relationship freedom. Right. I've had people say, well, what, what about relationship? Why does that matter? I shared this with a gentleman yesterday. He's my age, in fact. He said, I never thought of that. He said, I'm going to, I have money, but I don't have any time because I'm working so hard in my business. I said, that's correct. He said, my relationships are suffering because I don't have time for those people. He said, holy cow, uh, how do I fix this? I said, real simple, determine what you want. You're so busy helping other people get what they want, you have no clue what you want. Right. And I said, you give me 15 minutes uninterrupted, I'll help you with that. In about 15 minutes, he had clarity. He goes, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. This, this is what I want. How do I get it? I said, you've already got it. it. All the pieces of the puzzle, almost always the answer is in front of you. It just takes a coach or a guide to show you that you've got it and to pull it together. That's right. 
And that's the fun part. That's why I'm still doing this 45 years later. I hope I, I, hope I never retire. I hope I'm doing this right up to the day I die. Okay. Excuse me, but right on my turn. But I, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. Definitely don't want you to, um, we want us to keep going for as long as we can. And like you said, on your terms, right? As long as I'm relevant and I'm making a contribution. That's right. Okay. Inflation. Yes. That is one of the next risks that we're going to get into. So most of us know how prices are going up as time goes by. The cost of milk, it costs more tomorrow than it does today. So as time passes, your savings, your income will be able to buy less. So let's put some numbers on that. Let's say that you're making $100,000 today and that the inflation rate is 3%. So 20 years from now, your $100,000 will spend as if it's like $54,000. So you're still getting 100000 in, but the cost of goods has gone up so much that it's not going to buy the same. You're not going to have the same purchasing power. So that's the danger that we have with inflation. And I think something that would be important for people to know is when we're sitting across from someone within our planning process we use, we can demonstrate that. Mm -hmm. We can show the economic factors of inflation, taxation. We can, we can actually let you test drive that. Right. Say, how will inflation impact my retirement? So it's not us making up a number. It's taking the client's number they want to assume for inflation. Because mm -hmm. what is it? Is it 2% now, 3%, 4 it, 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 Every person has a different inflation rate. Yeah, it depends on the basket of goods that we're talking about, right? Correct. We're going to talk about health care in a little bit. And health care is rising much faster than the true inflation rate that's causing the media. Well, let's do this. Let's go a little deeper. Uh, you and I have not talked about this for today, but think about personal inflation rate. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking of a friend, an extra neighbor, in fact, when I had a place on Lake Talcum. He never went anywhere. He would come to Tallahassee once every two weeks to shop, and he stayed on his back porch. He actually sat in his rocking chair. He sat right there and enjoyed the lake. Now, a neighbor across the street, friend of ours, they were gone on average a week out of every six weeks on a cruise. Mm -hmm. About every six weeks they took a cruise. Now, who had the higher personal inflation rate? My neighbor next door to me or the one across the street? The one across the street. Right. Because they were spending more money. They were buying more things that were more expensive. So when we say inflation, we're talking about the consumer price index that the government is saying. Right. But your personal inflation rate could be much higher. It depends on how you spend your money, as you pointed out, with the basket of goods. That's right. Another thing that goes along with this, too, I think, which most people don't associate with inflation, but it's technology. It's what what future goods and services are we going to want to have in our lives or need to have in our lives that don't even exist today. Like the iPhone is a good example. You know, 10, 15 years ago, there wasn't, you know, you didn't have a new smartphone coming out, as you know, every single year and doing all the things that they do. Where now that seems like very commonplace for people to have the latest and greatest gadget. Yeah, and people are lined up for half a mile just to get in the store to buy one. That's right. So that's, you know, we have to think about those things too. There's these, again, these goods or services that we may need in the future that we don't even know what they are yet. Okay, the next risk that we want to talk about. Before, is, you, before you leave it, I just sure. had a thought. It's not just technology with new things, but it's also planned obsolescence. Things are wearing out. You, you may say, I'm going to keep this phone until it dies, and then it wears out on you or you can't use it. So don't overlook planned obsolescence. And when you're about to get into a savings rate, it's important to save enough money so we have money available that we can replace things that wear out or buy the new stuff so we're not stuck. I call it the Brady Bunch, the TV show and the movie about the Bradys that were stuck in the 50s or 60s. Right. We don't want to be stuck there. We want to have the ability to grow and improve, especially if we have a long life. So it goes all back to longevity. If we have a long life, we don't want to be miserable. We want that time, freedom, money, freedom, and relationship. Freedom. That's right. Yeah, you're, you know, you want the, the freedom to be able to go get that new gadget, to go on that trip. Mm -hmm. All kind of plays in together. All With, ties in together. Without guilt. Without guilt. And regret. That's right. Good. Okay, so let's talk about savings rate a little bit here. 
Um, what we're finding is that Americans, we are not saving as much as earlier generations. So I've got a couple of numbers I'm going to I'm going to read out today. This is according to the Retirement Confidence Study that 20 26% of Americans have less than $1,000 in savings. Less than 1000 And then according to the Federal Reserve Report on Economic Well-Being, 31% of Americans have zero saved for retirement. Why is this important? You know, I would say that more of the responsibility for retirement planning is on our shoulders today than it was in previous generations. Look at the changes that we've seen to pension plans. Look at uh, potential changes to Social Security if that doesn't get corrected. There's a, just a lot of changes that have happened where it's more on us. It's our responsibility to plan for retirement. And that's why it's so important that we save. Well, let's talk about the two types of retirement plans. You have the, the old dinosaur called a defined benefit pension plan, which is going the way of the dinosaur. Uh, most companies don't have one anymore. Right. Um, people who work in the federal government, state government, county and city governments have a pension. Some corporations still do, but many of them have closed them down. That's called a defined benefit plan. And then the one that most people have today are defined contributions, whether it be a 401k, 457 deferred comp for people in the state government, 403B for people who are school teachers, university system, hospitals, things like that. Set plans for self-employed, IRAs. All of these are important, and it gives you more control over your money. However, it also gives you a false feeling of security in the sense you've got all this money. That's great, but the game's not over. It's halftime. When you retire, it's halftime. Now what do you do? How do you make that money last you for the rest of your life? That's a big risk, and it comes right back to longevity. It comes back to inflation, savings rate, all this, all of these seven risks, dangers, threats, call them what you want. They will impact all of us. Mm -hmm. We will all have to deal with these. It's not may, it is you will have to deal with. Right. Yep. Good. And I know in, in our planning, we encourage clients to save between 15 and 20% of their income. Correct. And one of the things I also like to point out to people is if you're not doing that yet, if you're not, you're not at the 15, you're not at the 20% level, just know that it's not something that you can do overnight. You can't just snap your, most times you can't just snap your fingers and make it happen, but it's a goal. It's something we want to strive for. It's something we want to constantly be working towards. So I encourage people just to start today and, you know, uh, start saving if you're not saving today or increase your savings by 1%. There are some things that you can do to just go ahead and get started today. Absolutely. <clears throat> and have a emergency and opportunity fund so you're not panicked if something happens. You're not having to destroy your retirement plans because you need more money. Yes. As much as we talk about it's important how much you save, it's equally important where you save. So I know that's part of what we go through in our, in our planning process. Okay, the next risk we're going to talk about is loss of a spouse. And we, we go through this with our planning as well. Um, when a spouse passes away, you may find that some of your income stops. So you want to make sure that you have plans in place to make sure that that income continues on, that there's succession plan around income, that there's wealth transfer plans. So let's talk about how can income stop with the loss of a spouse. As you were making that comment, <clears throat> excuse me, I was thinking about uh, a couple that uh, Jay and I met with last week. She has a very nice pension. She took option one with the state of Florida because when she retired and went into the drop program, she was not uh, married. Mm -hmm. Now she's married. Two years later, she's married. And she had totally forgotten that upon her passing, all that income dies with her. Right. It's over 60000 a year. That's a huge amount of money. Yes, it is. And it's gone. And she said, how do I fix this? Can I get them to change it? Well, you can't do that. It's too late. But fortunately, she does have other monies in retirement accounts, and she has life insurance. So properly coordinated, we can help her with that. But fast forward and think in terms of in your own world, if you have not made the proper choices today, 
and you procrastinate too long, you may not be able to fix it. Mm -hmm. Or if you can fix it, maybe it costs too much money to do it. So loss of a spouse is big from the standpoint of a pension plan. Mm -hmm. Social security benefits are reduced for, for when somebody dies. That's right. Um, you may collect the higher, you will collect the higher income, but one income is going to be lost. That's right. And we, we see, even see some accounts that are set up that way, most of the time unintentionally, but we'll find accounts that someone has set up where it's just an income for one spouse and not both. We see it all the time. Pensions with annuities where people uh, were not even told about how they could have, instead of just a single life option, they could have a joint life option. And we believe that people should be shown their options and let them make a decision. It's your money. You should be able to make a decision. That's right. That's right. I know, uh, John, when we're doing our retirement rehearsals, the first thing that we'll do for a client is we project them forward. Here's what it looks like when you retire. We pull together all of their income streams in retirement, and we play what if. What if they take Social Security at 62? What if they take it for retirement age, delayed age 70? What do they do with their retirement accounts, their non-retirement accounts? So we pull all that together and look at what their retirement's going to look like for them. And then we take a step forward and say, okay, if spouse A dies first, what happens to the income? If spouse B dies first, what happens to the income? We definitely want to make sure we take a look at that. And what happens when they both die? Right. Because of their children, grandchildren, or in my case, great-grandchildren. The next risk we're going to get into is sequence of return risk. Timing, as they say, is everything. It's not just the average of returns that you may see on an investment account or retirement account that impact your financial wealth, but it's the sequence of those returns. And most people, we find they do focus on a rate of return of an investment or retirement account, and they also will focus on the average. What is my account done? What is the, you know, what's the average rate that I can see? And when we're going into retirement, it's not just about the average, because like, you know, when you're going to receive those returns, right? Especially if you're pulling money out of your retirement accounts. It's more critical then, because if you lose a dollar, you can't get it back. That's right. You know, especially if you're taking it consistently. That's right. So sequence of return risk refers to you have now stepped into retirement. You're pulling money out of your retirement accounts. And as John mentioned, if you pull money out and you're in a down market, that dollar or the amount that you've pulled out of your retirement account or your investment account, it no longer has a chance to grow for you. So what we're looking at is an example of investor A and investor B. Both of these investors have had the same average rate of return, but the sequence of their returns was different. So investor A the first six years, their account was up 6%, then it was up 27, and then it was down 13. Investor B had a different experience. Their account was first up 7%, then down 13, and then up 27. So again, they have the same average, but a different sequence of when they received these returns. So let's clarify that. So in the first six years, they both had 7% growth? Yes. And then the world changed for them, i.e. a 2008 hit where all of a sudden you lose a bunch of your money. So for one, for whatever reason, they lost money. The other made money. Correct. Correct? Yes. Right. Yeah. And this could be, like you said, it could be timing. Maybe one person retired in 2008 and someone else retired years later when we've had this bull market. It all comes down to timing. Yep. So again, they've had the same average return, but the sequence was different, and it really impacts their ability to have income in retirement. In fact, just looking at some hypothetical sequence of returns, you're looking at an investor A that had the more positive in the earlier years. Um, they have income for an additional six years versus investor B who experienced a down market earlier in their retirement. This reminds me of the retirement red zone we talk about, mm -hmm. about how important, how crucial it is in those first five years before retirement and then the five years after retirement, the most critical time. Well, we are still seeing clients who in 2008 panicked 
moved all their money over to money market funds or CDs, parked it, if you will. But they were so worried about this very concept about losing my money. I cannot afford to lose any more money. By definition, they lost money because they missed out on the market. Right. On the market growth the last 10 years. So some people out there listening to this are like, I don't care. I'm going to park my money where it's nothing but guarantees because I don't want to lose any money. But if you go back to longevity and inflation, when we do that and we do it out of fear, when we do it out of fear, we lose. Mm -hmm. If some of our money is parked there to be a strategic type of savings to give us liquidity, that's one thing. But we need the ability to be in the market because we don't know when it's going to be up or down. If we knew that, you and I would be multi-billionaires and we would not be living in Tallahassee (laughs) doing this work. That's right. You'd have to get on a plane and come fly to see us somewhere. Maybe, I was going to say the Bahamas, but not the Bahamas now. (laughs) Sadly, they've been through tough times. That's right. Yeah, so sequence of return, that's a a real risk that, again, people don't normally think of because our society, we're so focused on that average rate of return. Definitely something we want to kind of keep our eye towards. The next risk we're going to talk about is taxes. There's really, there's there's three different types of accounts and how they're taxed. So let's kind of walk through a little bit of this first, John, and then we'll kind of get into how this will impact their retirement. Okay. So you've got a taxable account. I call this pay-as-you-go. This is going to be a non-retirement account that uh, clients will receive a 1099 from every single year because there may have been some capital gain distribution or they may have some interest dividends that come in and it it creates a taxable event for them. So they are taxed as they go. These are non-retirement accounts. There's pros and cons to all three of these types of of accounts. You also have tax-free. So this is, these are accounts that grow tax-free and if structured properly when they pull income out are also tax-free. You do contribute though post-tax. So you pay the tax today, you put the money in the account and then it grows tax-free and you can pull money out of it tax-free. Again, if, as long as it's all structured properly. And then you have tax-deferred. Tax-deferred, this is gonna be your 401ks, IRAs, 403bs, any type of employer-sponsored retirement account. It's a you know, traditional retirement account. These are accounts that you you contribute with dollars today that you haven't paid tax on. It grows tax deferred, but when you go to take money out of it, it's taxable. So again, there are pros and cons to all three of these, and we could spend an entire webinar going through them all. Um, but the sh- the, I'll, I'll kind of condense this in saying that the, the people that we see that have all three of these types of accounts, it gives them greater flexibility and freedom, as you mentioned earlier, to be able to make decisions around where they pull money out of, which accounts, and when, when it comes to taxes. Absolutely. Because if you're concerned about tax rates, let's suppose that oh, tax rates are low. They've been low for quite a while now. Uh, economically speaking and historically speaking, uh, most people would be shocked to know that for well over two-thirds of our tax history in this country, the tax rates were over 50%. Right. You go back to 1913 with the passage of the 16th Amendment. You look at what the tax rates have done since then, it's, it's a big number. Mm-hmm. It's a big number. And if we have all of our money in taxable accounts, we're told maximize your 401k, your IRA. It's great you're saving taxes today. Well, first of all, you're not saving any taxes at all. That's a bunch of bull. You are simply deferring the tax into a future date. And if on the date that you take your money out, tax rates have gone up because whoever is in office as president and Congress decide we want more revenue, guess what? Bigger wheelbarrow waiting for you at the doors of retirement. That's right. If you truly are in the lower tax bracket, then that was a good decision. But we don't see that. The clients we're working with, they're retiring. They're in the same bracket, if not higher. That's right. They're not paying less tax. We do not see, and that's a, that's a common misconception, that I'll be in a lower tax bracket when I retire. Mm-hmm. And that is not what we see. Nope. Because people forget about the fact, 
I got my pension, I got my 401k, I've got all this stuff for retirement income. Now I've got to add on top of that my Social Security. I've got to add on top of that any earnings on my savings account, any dividends I've earned, on top, on top, on top. That's it's right. all taxed. And then when you reach 70 and a half as of today, you have to start pulling money out of your retirement accounts, whether you want to or not. Correct. And that just gets, again, added on top for taxable income. Correct. So taxes is definitely something we want to pay attention to. It's a little bit of an unknown because I don't know what tax rates are going to be 20 years from now. We can only work with what we, we know right now. So going back to having the flexibility, if you have different types of taxable accounts, you're able to make the best decision at that time where to pull money from to supplement your income. The next risk we're talking about is rising healthcare costs. This does go in line with inflation like we talked about earlier and also longevity. I will say though what we find is that healthcare is rising at a much faster rate than just inflation that we hear about in the media. Um, so, for example, in 2010, it was estimated that a married couple age 65 would need about $218,000 to pay for Medicare and other out-of-pocket health care expenses throughout retirement. Now, but that did not include long-term care. This is just Medicare and just out-of-pocket expenses. So, back in, so in 2010, that number was $218,000. As of today, in 2020, we're now projecting that people will need around, a married couple will need around 365000 So you can see the change that we've had in just 10 years. And many people are predicting it'd be much higher, <clears throat> much higher. And that's one of the reasons that I got serious uh, learning about more about Medicare, Social Security, because clients were coming to us asking questions then as I got closer to 65 myself, it was important to learn. And I, I think I'm pretty good at it, but I'm still learning things that I did not know. And there, there's a lot of moving parts to that. And it also depends on where you live. If mm -hmm. you're living in, a, you might live in one state where the healthcare costs are higher than others. It depends on where you are. Right. Are you in a rural community? Are you living in Miami, New York, Washington, D.C.? Uh, it depends on where you are. So it's not just a flat number across the country. It varies by where you live That's right. and the type of care you want. Okay. Um, so now we've gone through the risks of retirement, some risks that you may face in retirement, and you see there's some things you want to take a look at. But now we're going to uh, dig a little deeper and a little closer at your own retirement. So everyone's retirement is, is different. It's unique. And what's important to me or what's important to John may not be important to you. So we're going to walk through a few questions to help you start defining what retirement's going to look like for you. So relationships. One of the things you want to think about as you're getting prepared for retirement, but who are the people in your life today? Are there friendships you want to rekindle in retirement? What are some things that you'll do to help with these relationships? Are you going, are there college reunions? Are you going to vacation with friends? What about kids or grandkids, aging parents? Are there people that you're going to need to support them, and how will that impact your retirement? I found, in my own case, had to help my mother, my natural mother. Then later had to help my stepmother mm -hmm. when my dad died. And had I not saved money the way we teach, I would have had to tap into my retirement accounts. Uh, our son was involved in a car accident in 2012, was not able to work, so we had to take care of him. So that had an impact on my income that I was bringing in. Saved less because of taking care of him, too. So there are a lot of things that are unknown when it comes to helping the relationships in our world that we care about. That's right. Uh, I would even include in that your charitable interests. Mm -hmm. Are there organizations, people you care about, that you want to help them with, with your time or your money? That's right. Good. Yeah, we talk a lot about that with clients. It's not just the financial piece and, okay, what's your income going to look like, but what's retirement going to look like for you? And you really need to have some clarity about now you've got all this free time, as you mentioned earlier, 
what are you going to do to fill that time and make sure that you still have uh, an impact, that you have things to do. Okay, we also uh, talk about housing. So will you stay in the home, home you're in now? Will you downsize? Will you move to another city and state? We talk about this a lot with clients, about if with, um, are they gonna move to be closer to kids and grandkids? Or you know, having some of that, again, that freedom and that flexibility, we had some clients who sold their house in Tallahassee, bought an RV, yes. and traveled the country for what, almost two years? Yes, as a matter of fact, one of the podcasts we produced talked about that. Yes, and so they went and traveled, did all things they wanted to do for two years, and they said, okay, we've had enough of the road now. Then they sold the RV and bought a home mm -hmm. closer to kids and grandkids. That's right. So it's kind of fun. So it doesn't have to be uh, always traditional. There's a lot of fun things that you can do in retirement, especially concerning travel or housing. I say be creative and do what works for you. Decide what you want and then let's build a plan to get you there. Mm -hmm. But the, what's the knee-jerk reaction? Most people say, well, I can't do that. I can't afford that. Just this morning, the lady who came at 830, um, we had to help her get rid of some stuff that she had gotten hung up on. Right. Forget all that. Let's just talk about what you want. What do you want? Why do you want to retire on this day? Why this day? Why would you defer it? And, and when people start talking about what they really want, including housing, mm -hmm. uh, all of a sudden it starts getting clear. Mm -hmm. That fuzzy picture gets clearer and clearer. It's like getting your eyes examined. The, the doctor says, which is better, A or B? Right. You say, A, click, click. Now which is better? Well, B is better now. Okay, one more time. Click, click. Well, now A is better. So they're, they're getting clarity. They're, they're getting it clearer for you to see. It's the same thing with all these things we're covering right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're all related. They're all related as well. And you may have well-meaning friends who say, well, you don't need that big house on the lake. You know, it doesn't matter what you need. It's what you want at this point in your life. Right. Any point in your life, really. And you have well-meaning friends who say, don't do this, don't do that. But they don't, they're not wearing your shoes. They don't understand what you're trying to do. That's right. And most people, most of us are guilty of being swayed too easily by what other people think. Yeah. So first step, get a plan. Get a plan. Your plan. What's important to you. Okay, talking about, goes right in line with that, it's talking about lifestyle. So what do you see your future looking like when every day is a Saturday? And what do you mean by every day is a Saturday? Well, if once you, if you retire, it's now not, you don't want to work Monday through Friday. Now every day is Saturday and Sunday. So what does that look like? Are you going to golf every day? Probably not. I tried that. I did that five days in a row. I had enough of it. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Uh, so again, it goes back to what are we going to, are we going to travel? Are you going to volunteer? Are there hobbies that you've been meaning to get around to that you haven't? This is a great time to start thinking about what are you going to do in retirement? And who are you going to do those things with? Back to the relationships. Your health. We talked about health care costs earlier. Healthcare's um, it's it's for a lot of people it's an unknown in retirement because you're not sure what's going to happen later on. Some of the things you can do today though is really just taking an inventory of where you are today health wise. Are there any um, you know are there any major surgeries that you know that are coming that you're going to want to do before you go into retirement? So there's some of those things that you can walk through and talk about as well. But health again healthcare. It is one of the most common topics of questions and concerns that we get about from people who are going into retirement. And it's complicated. <clears throat> we have people who don't understand how to coordinate Medicare with the group plans, and they get in trouble because they didn't enroll in Medicare soon enough and have to pay a penalty. Mm -hmm. So um, I would simply tell people listening in, just pay attention to our announcements because we do Medicare seminars and webinars from time to time. And um, would encourage you to participate in that or come in and see us one on one about that. Right. And also making sure you have a plan for it because some people retire, want to retire before age 65, so before they're on Medicare. So then they have to bridge the gap for health insurance. They've now left their group plan. And what are they going to do about health insurance before they're 65? So again, just all part of the big picture planning you want to take a look at. 
Okay, getting into some of the financial aspects. Oh, you know, how do you earn your money today? Is there, do you have supplemental income? Do you have a side business? Is there uh, consulting that you can do in retirement? You know, a lot of our clients, they'll, they'll retire from their career. Maybe they take a little bit of time off and then they'll do some sort of consulting, uh, some sort of contract work, if you will, to supplement their income. Mm -hmm. Because while they don't, they want to work full time, they want to still have the freedom and flexibility, like you mentioned earlier, and they also want to have the income that they like to have in retirement. And that's one way to, to do it. How much debt do you have? Will it be gone by the time you retire? Is it important for you to leave money to your loved ones? How much are you saving into your retirement accounts, money markets? Uh, do you have any other investments outside of retirement accounts? Knowing what, how those are structured. And then also how much is your monthly paycheck being used for basic living expenses like your mortgage, utilities, your cell phone, and will any of those expenses change in retirement? So that's some of the financial side of looking at the retirement planning. And Robert Merton, he wrote a uh, article for the Harvard Business Review on the crisis in retirement planning. We actually have a copy of that, John, we can send to anyone who's interested. Uh, very interesting piece, <clears throat> do highly encourage for you to read it. One of the things that he points out is that people should be focusing more on what's their monthly income gonna be in retirement, not just their net worth not just having some magic number in the bank, but what's the actual income that they're going to be receiving in retirement? Yes, and I've had the pleasure of hearing him speak in two different venues. And what's cool about it is it's all based on academic research. He's not trying to get you to buy a product, and he's a Nobel Prize winner in economics. It's, it's just good stuff, and I would encourage people to read and study and learn everything they can uh, about the importance of saving and investing for retirement. That's right. And if you don't want to take the time to do that, just come see us and we'll guide you and we can give you plenty of stuff to read and study. Yes. Hopefully, starting here with the, with these type of webinars or seminars on our podcast, we have a lot of people who tell us they get a lot of good, valuable information from that. Okay, so looking at retirement, um, you know, it's, it's really it's impossible to plan financially when you don't know what you're planning for. So by looking at some of the questions that we went through today in the, in the question section can help you get that clarity, help you have a plan. And you can use these questions to talk about it with your family. So have a sit down and have a conversation with your significant other, your kids about what retirement's gonna look like for you, what you want it to look like. You know, do you have friends and family who are already retired? What can you learn from their choices, both the good and the bad? Consider the risk that we've talked about. You know, how will it impact what you want to do in retirement, such as inflation, outliving your money, making sure that you've done what you can to take those risks off the table. And then also working with a, a trusted financial professional who has you and your best interests in mind to help you reach your goals. And that's one of the things that I think, John, we've done. We've We've really committed to helping people with every aspect of retirement and because the truth is they're all connected and we've made it our mission to provide customized holistic retirement solutions. So regardless of what happens in the stock market, the economy, how it's doing now, how it's doing in the future, our goal is to make sure that you're prepared and that you're protected as you step off into retirement. Absolutely, because things are going to happen. You're going to see cycles in the market. You're going to see corrections in the stock market. You're going to see low interest rate environments like we have now. Okay. Uh, if we live long enough, we'll see high inflation again. We'll see high interest rates. I'm thinking back to 1983 when I bought a house. The mortgage interest rate was 13%. <laughs> 13. Money market funds were paying as much as 20%, 21%. Wow. So when people talk about and it's going to stay this way forever. No, no, it's not going to stay low. The market's not going to stay high. It's going to drop. We might even have a crash down the road. Who knows? Those who plan properly will be able to weather whatever comes their way. Mm -hmm. If we get cocky, we get arrogant, my way's the only way, we're probably going to get hurt. We'll probably get hurt. But if we are 
planning. We have strategies in place. What if the tax rates go to 70% again? Right. What if they go to 90% like they were at one time in our country's history? Is all of your money in retirement plans? If so, when you take it out, you're going to be hurt. Right. But if you have some of it in Roth IRAs or deferred annuities or mutual funds or stock portfolios where it's taxed differently, maybe you can offset that. It goes back to what you said earlier about the three ways that the money is taxed. Mm-hmm. But it's first important just to determine what it is you want and then start working toward that, whether it be with us or someone else or, or by themselves. You know, get a plan and then stay focused on that plan. So you're not chasing shiny objects, whether it be a new product that you hear about or, oh, the talking heads on television told me I need to move all of my money out of the stock market because it's going to crash tomorrow. We can all be guilty of that, right? Chasing the shiny objects. We are. Yeah. We are. But I think the key is with your money, what works for me over the years, I remember way back in the early 80s, a guy, John Savage is his name. He said, you should have two savings accounts, John. You should have your save to save account and your save to spend. That's why I have zero guilt. Whatever's in my wallet or on my personal credit card, if I wish to spend it, I can go spend it guilt free. Mm-hmm. I know I can have that money to play with. My serious money, different issue. I don't invade that. Right. And, and, the, and the nice thing is at this point in my life, I've shown some people this morning, I don't have to go to work. I get to go to work. I don't have to sit here today. I can take the rest of the day off or not even come in and go bass fishing if I want to <laughs> or go for a ride on the St. Marshall on the bicycle. But we have to determine what it is we want. And I'll say that a thousand times. What I want is much more important than what I need. Now, I might need and want the same thing. But... I need a pair of shoes, but I'm, or in my case, cowboy boots, but I might want 20 pair. Right. But I don't need 20 pair, but it's more of what I want. Mm-hmm. It's for you ladies. You don't need 14 handbags or 900 pair of shoes. I might need 14 <laughs> handbags. But, but if you want it, you're going to get it, right? That's right. That's right. Good. Yes, I think as you said, all you know, all that comes down to, like we talked about before, which is having a plan in place. You know, having some clarity about where you are today, what what plan, you know, having a plan in place to get you to this retirement goal one day. Uh, so I'd, I'd encourage, you know, those, you know, listening in to schedule a time for a phone appointment. They can do that. They can schedule a 30-minute phone appointment with me. They can schedule it with you, John, with Ed or Jay on our team as well. And it's just an introductory call to get the process started. So this call would be more just to learn more about them, what they're trying to accomplish. We can talk a little bit about our planning process, but really it's more about what their goals and concerns are and questions they may have. We covered a lot of material today, so there may be some questions they want to dig into as well as some of these other topics. I agree, and I think it's time well invested. I don't want to say spent because in a 30-minute, 20- to 30-minute telephone appointment, we can determine whether or not we're a good fit. Mm-hmm. And, and I think something should be said there. Um, we don't believe in pressuring or pushing anyone to do anything. That's why we love doing webinars. If you've listened today and you've learned something that you think would help you, but you're not sure, uh, give us a call. We'll have a conversation with you. If you're to the point of where you know for a fact that, that you want to meet with us, then give us a call. So I'd like to schedule an appointment to come in. And we'll meet with you face-to-face. So it could be telephone appointment, face-to-face, some of our live events, whatever works for you. Mm-hmm. So the, the best number to reach us on is if you're in Tallahassee, the best number to reach us at is 850-562-3000. That's the main number for our office. And you can uh, just let uh, Jay or Debbie know that you'd like to set up a time for a phone appointment. You heard us on a webinar and you'd like to set up a time for a phone appointment with either one of us, John John Curry or April Schoen. Uh, also, my information, uh, I can be reached at 850-544-8464. Uh, I'm in both. I live in Jacksonville, but I travel to Tallahassee for client meetings. Uh, but then we have clients all over the state of Florida and in about 
is it 14 or 15 different states? I've lost track. I know we have clients at least, at least, I know it's at least 13. It's probably yeah. 15 or more. Right. So location isn't as important uh, when working together. Well, you mentioned technology earlier, but the modern technology we have, being able to do a Skype meeting or a go to meeting or a join me, uh, it doesn't matter where the client is. We can help them. We have clients where now. We've done Skype meetings for Hong Kong, Italy, uh, London, uh, Rome, mm -hmm. right? Yes. It's pretty cool, actually. It is. It's fun. Good. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining us on the, on the call today, and we look forward to seeing you all at one of our future events. And, John, thanks for taking the time. Thank you for doing this, April. I'm glad you put this together. And April gets credit because this is a topic that she thought we should do to kind of summarize because in an hour and a half or three hour seminar we can cover a lot of stuff but April I thought this was well done thank you for putting it together you're very welcome glad to do it if you would like to know more about John Curry services you can request a complimentary information package by visiting johnhcurry.com slash podcast again that is johnhcurry.com slash podcast or you can call his office at 850-562-3000 Again, that is 850-562-3000. John H. Curry, Chartered Life Underwriter, Charter Financial Consultant, Accredited Estate Planner, Master's in Science and Financial Services, Certified in Long-Term Care, Registered Representative and Financial Advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC. Securities, products, and services and advisory services are offered through Park Avenue Securities, a registered broker-dealer and investment advisor. Financial Representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is an indirect, wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. North Florida Financial Corporation is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities. Park Avenue Securities is a member of FINRA and SIPC. This material is intended for general public use. By providing this material, we are not undertaking to provide investment advice for any specific individual or situation or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. Please contact one of our financial professionals for guidance and information specific to your individual situation. All investments contain risk and may lose value. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, or employees do not provide legal, tax, or accounting advice. Please consult with your attorney, accountant, and or tax advisor for advice concerning your particular circumstances, not affiliated with the Florida Retirement System. The Living Balance Sheet and the Living Balance Sheet logo are registered service marks of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. Copyright 2005 through 2018. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities or Guardian and opinions stated are their own. 2019-899-16 expires November 2021.